1: At LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions supply.
0: You're listening to the Red Sea Podcast. Part of the Over the Monster Network.
1: Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. Hosted by Jake Devereaux.
0: featuring Keaton DeRocher.
1: It's a grand slam! I'm telling you, it's time to party!
0: Welcome back to the Red Seat Podcast. This is your host, Jake Devereaux. Today I am joined not by Matt and not by Keaton, but for the first time I think that I've ever done a Red Seat Podcast uh, with Shelly Strait. Shelly, welcome to the show, even though you've already been on the show before.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, thanks for having me back. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad to actually get to kind of talk Red Sox with you, so it's going to be fun.
0: Yeah, this is a, a bit of a treat. Um, We've been on many podcasts together, but never uh, in this format with just the two of us, and never about the Red Sox, so... Um, this is this is exciting um, For all of you who have listened to the show before um, The off-season rotation for the Red Seat is going to be Me, Keaton as usual, and then Matt and Shelly As part of that rotation as well So you'll hear some combination of all of us uh, Every week as we go through the Red Sox off-season And uh, especially um, as news breaks Some combination of that team will also be there For a big old emergency podcast um, so for today's show, we have a full rundown. We've got um, some discussion of the manager decisions, some Red Sox minor league free agents, uh, and then we're going to be talking about Martin Perez, J.D. Martinez, Dustin Pedroia, and a bunch of free agency stuff along with your questions. So we have an incredibly full agenda today, which I think uh, maybe. Maybe we have overpacked, but we will see uh, what we can do here. We just kept adding stuff because there were so many interesting things. Um, But first of all, maintenance and reminders here. Um, You can follow our show. You can subscribe to it anywhere you get your podcasts. Um, And uh, rate and review us. Let us know what you think of the show. We always do appreciate that. Be sure to follow uh, both of us on Twitter. You can follow Shelly at ShellyV underscore 643. And you can follow me at DevJake. All right, Shelly, so let's get to it. Uh, the manager decision, it has been narrowed to just five candidates, Alex Cora, James Rosen, the Marlins bench coach, Don Kelly, the Pirates bench coach, Carlos Mendoza, the Yankees bench coach, and Sam Fold, a name that completely shocked me, uh, Philly's director of integrative baseball performance. Uh, apparently that's a real title. Uh, Shelly, do you have a favorite out of these five candidates?
1: Um I guess I guess I can answer that question in two ways. Um I have a favorite who I think it's going to be and then I have a favorite who I would like to see. So it's two different people. Okay. Um so I do think that is I think it's going to be Cora. Um I, I really do I think yeah, like the stars are kind of aligning. Um but honestly I would l- like to see Don Kelly.
0: Interesting. Okay, what yeah. do you like about Don Kelly?
1: Um, I know that he he played for the Tigers for a very long time, and I follow a lot of uh, people who really follow the Tigers team and um, write about the Tigers. And everyone loved Don Kelly. The fans loved him. Everyone in the clubhouse loved him. Um, you know, uh, staff loved them as loved him as well. And I just think that that'd be a really good a good team guy. Uh, for this team, because I'm not sure if we're going to be able to compete next year, but the team is getting younger, and I do think that a good team guy, kind of like how Alex was, but doesn't have, you know, that uh, a- um, Astros asterisk over over him. So that's yeah. kind of like Don Kelly. The,
0: the Astros stink. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I get that. Um, yeah, that's interesting. Do you know what position Don Kelly played when he was a player? <laughs>
1: I want to say it was kind of like a bench guy, maybe first base kind of thing.
0: Gotcha. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, But to be honest, you know, I don't know much about any of these guys. um, And I was surprised because this list differed a little bit from the list of candidates that Matt and I were talking about last week. So um, it seems like this has been a pretty fluid situation. Um, Sam Fold really surprised me there. I guess my easy canned answer is that I want Alex Cora back because 2018 was pretty sweet. Um, and, you know, I just I don't know where to put blame for 2018. Um, and I don't think the Red Sox thing in 2019 was actually that big of a deal. Um, so I guess I'm okay with Cora back. But, yeah, I mean, I like the sound of Don Kelly I think Sam Fold is just too damn young for me. I would yeah. not like him out of any of these guys. Like, there are potentially players who could be playing for him that are older than him.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I totally agree with you. When I saw that name, uh, you know, pop through that that tweet, um, uh, it I was like, really? Didn't he? I thought he was, like, playing, like, two years ago, something like that. It was, like, crazy.
0: Yeah, I wonder if he's, like, a drinking buddy of Bloom's or something from the Rays <laughs> days. But... Um, it'll be an interesting situation. I'm kind of shocked that it is not resolved already. I, I figured that when all of the other teams uh, out there, specifically the Tigers and um, the White Sox, were filling their vacancies, that the Red Sox would be right in line there. Um, so very surprised about that. Are, are you surprised the decision hasn't happened yet?
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, I was kind of um, expecting it to you know, either come on Sunday or today. But uh, things been kind of quiet.
0: Well, we know what will happen, right? Of we'll course. get off this podcast and then it will occur. So. Yep. Uh, maybe it will break while we're on. So um, <laughs> we'll see. The Red Sox uh, do have a bunch of minor league free agents that were announced. A little bit of news and notes here. Um, I'm going to read through the names. And, Shelly, let me know if any of these guys stand out to you. Stetson Ali, Jet Bandy, Juan Centeno, Emmanuel Jesus, Jonathan Diaz, yonel espinal trevor hildenberger Ryder jones tommy joseph uh kevin linick robinson lair Zue lin nick longi dan mcgrath jeremy rivera andrew schwab uh kevin steen cole sturgeon connor wade tom wendell and jansen witty
1: um not really um uh, i mean i i've always liked Zue lin um but it totally makes sense um it's kind of interesting that they got rid of Juan Centeno, um, basically because he was kind of like the third, fourth catcher. Because we don't really, well, prior to this year, we didn't really have like a good backup. So that's kind of telling that they um, like um, uh, what's his name, the backup catcher.
0: Oh, Davey Grion? Uh,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um. Well yeah. he's
0: kinda of the third string now, I guess, behind the plaster.
1: Ah, uh, yes. So
0: Cobbacky. <laughs> <and, laughs>
1: yeah, so I, I guess that, that was kinda of telling that they they liked um they liked him, so um but no one else really, you know, popped off the page here. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I guess I, the only thing that stood out to me a tiny bit was just uh, Jet Bandy and Juan Centeno, because uh, Catcher has been a position where they've been pretty pretty weak, uh, and even with the addition of Grion, uh, it is kind of like uh, a position without a lot of depth, so I wouldn't be surprised if a couple of these guys end up signing back with the team. Yeah. Um, specifically, I would bet one of those Catchers is back with the team, and Hopefully Sue Lynn but uh you know, you never know. You hope the guy gets an opportunity somewhere. He can definitely he can definitely pick it, so mm-hmm. I'd like to see that. Uh, moving on, JD Martinez has announced that he will not opt out of the remainder of his deal paying him almost 20 million per um, Are you surprised by this?
1: Uh yeah, I am very very surprised. I really thought that he was going to opt out. And I'm totally joking No, I, <laughs> um, I I I was like, well, yeah I mean, it came out like pretty It came out like so quickly And it was kind of like, yeah, of course
0: Yeah, uh, I totally agree It is not surprising This market is seemingly going to be the worst ever um, Just by some of the early decisions That we will talk about a little bit later um, But yeah, I am not surprised at all are you happy he's back
1: um i am um i i i i mean he really struggled this year um he he said it was like basically because he couldn't look at video but also he had like a face a, a three or four year like career low babbip um uh, but uh yeah i i'm happy to see him back i i i love jd
0: yeah, I love good JD, too. Um, and I think he can get back to being good JD. I was the most worried of all of us on the Over the Monster roundtable that we did about JD, uh, specifically about his slipping skills. So I'm hoping that um, a lot of that can be fixed by the video issues. And I do think that um, it it becomes an interesting topic of discussion as to whether or not they decide to keep JD if he returns, um, and is the player that we expect. Like even if he's 2019 JD Martinez, which was not you know the same player as 2018 JD Martinez, but still a very good player. If he returns to that level, does he become a really interesting trade chip for the Red Sox around the All Star break?
1: Um, he could. Um, it I, it it really honestly depends if the NL is still going to be able to keep their DH, which mm. is still up in the air. Yeah. Um, I really hope that they do. Um, but I don't know. He has, like, it's, it's, a, it's a lot of money for a team to take on, so it might be a little bit hard to trade him.
0: Yeah, it might be. They might have to subsidize some of that contract. But if he is hitting well, uh, it could be an impact acquisition for somebody. Although we have seen that hitters don't generally go for all that much at the trade deadline versus Their pitcher counterparts. Yep. Um, All right, let's move on to the discussion of uh, Martin Perez, whose option was not picked up by the Red Sox. Um, His option was for a little bit over uh, six million. I think it was six point eight five or something like that. um, That was declined. Do you have the exact number? Was it six eight five? Um,
1: it sounds about right. I don't have the exact number.
0: Yeah, I think it was. um, But. Anyhow, I was a little surprised by this, and before before you jump in here, I just want to say why I was surprised. Um, I know Martin Perez isn't that good of a player. Uh, I have definitely been a fan of his over the last year, but what stood out to me with this was just the amount of uncertainty um, in the Red Sox rotation heading into next year, and the fact that... Martin Perez was a positive value pitcher for this team. He had some of the better starts on the team, which isn't saying a whole lot. But what he has been really good at over the last couple of years is managing his hard hit rate. And specifically, the exit velocity off Martin Perez's bat or uh, off, off batters against Martin Perez has been 86 miles an hour, which is among the lower rates of starters in the league. So he doesn't get hit very hard. Uh, he's still not a great pitcher by the numbers or anything like that, but he's somebody who stays healthy um, and doesn't get hit that hard. So I guess I was just a little surprised that the market for a guy like him uh, is so bad right now that you know almost seven million bucks um, is just not a good deal for a player like that because that's clearly what this indicates to
1: me. Yeah, I mean. Prior to all of these um, um, options being either declined or picked up, I thought that it was an easy pickup. But then just seeing, like, the rush of just um, a lot of the options not getting picked up, I think that the Red Sox were like, oh, maybe we can either sign him back or sign, you know, someone else comparable for less. I'm thinking it's like a money-saving move, which is stupid. Especially with um, how well he has done uh, this year, how well he was doing um, for the first half of the season with the Twins last year. Um, But I I think it's just a a, you know saving like a a million, a million two here.
0: So, good move or bad move in your opinion?
1: Um, uh, I think it's a bad move because. Well, I mean, I wasn't as big of a fan of Perez as you were. Um, I totally agree. Like, he is a good, like, number five. You know what you're going to get. And it's you could just set it and forget it. It's like, what, six, seven, seven mil a year. That's nothing. Um, Yeah. Yeah.
0: Do you think the Red Sox will be able to be in contention to sign him back at a deal for less? Or do you think that... He'll be able to secure a better deal than what the Red Sox offer elsewhere.
1: Um, I I don't think that they're gonna sign him back because I just remember that that tweet. I think it was like on Saturday where it was like three little dots because I guess they waited like forever to let him know, and I'm sure yeah. that he probably didn't like that. So, you yeah, know, I think he he's probably gonna you know probably go somewhere else based on that. Um,
0: yeah. I was kind of surprised at, at how they treated the Martin Perez situation. You know, it, clearly he was annoyed by that yeah. reading into his his tweet there. And he seemed to come in last year and do everything the team wanted. Um, he was enthusiastic in all sorts of ways and played as well as he is probably capable of playing. It It just seemed like the team... Not that they owed him the contract. I totally think that if Bloom thinks he can get a better player for less, then do that. Because baseball performance over anything. But, like, why wait so long to let the guy know? Exactly. That's just kind of... It's not a good look.
1: Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. A little odd.
0: Dustin Pedroia. Um, the tiny elephant in the room uh, <laughs> that we must talk about. <laughs> Uh, he was added back to the 40-man roster, and according to Pete Abe of the Boston Globe, uh, he and the team are planning to talk soon. Um, nothing has been discussed so far, according to Rob Bradford. He's owed a little over $12 million this year in the final year of the deal. Shelley, what is your sense of how this situation will end up being resolved?
1: I've been thinking about this for a while. I I I think it's going to go on for a little bit longer than we think because it. I think it depends on if there's actually going to be fans, because mm-hmm. I do think that uh, PD would like to maybe play like an inning or something, or at least get like a standing ovation like in the fans, something like that. So if they, if there's a possibility that there's going to be fans, um, I think that you know. Uh, he might retire like a game in or something like that. But if, you know, COVID is doing what it's doing and there's not going to be fans, I think this gets wrapped up a little bit sooner and he'll just retire.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. Um, I hadn't really thought about the fan dynamic at all. The implications for that, I guess, would be that, you know, he makes the opening day roster and that he is still taking up a spot. Mm, yeah. Um And for me, even though I would love to see Pedroia get that round of applause at Fenway on a nice spring day, I uh, just don't think that that is going to be in the cards for him. I kind of think that the team wants to use that roster spot and wants to clear that up sooner rather than later. So I think we get clarity on this Dustin Pedroia situation by December, and I think that the team will end up reaching some sort of agreement with him that pays him his money along with giving him some sort of position in the organization. Yeah. Uh, Maybe as an advisor or a coach or something. Yeah. Uh, Something where he becomes, you know, part of Red Sox nation forever, Uh, and it just seems like... Pedroia is going to be that guy who every year at spring training is talking to the Red Sox players, even when we're like 50 years old. <laughs> you know, old Pedroya is going to be out there, you know, leaning on his bat giving advice to second baseman.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you're right.
0: And, and that's the way it should be for Pedroya. You know, totally. he, he loves totally. this game more than anybody. Uh, and it kills me that he hasn't been able to get on the field these last few years.
1: Yeah, and I, I, it probably kills him even more. Like, he's just such a gamer, so.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. You can't even imagine. I'm sure he's done everything humanly possible yeah. uh, to make sure he can get on the field. But um, sticking with Pedroia for a second, do you feel like Dustin Pedroia uh, has done enough to be a Hall of
1: Famer? I I I don't. Um, um, I I kind of put him like on par with like a Chase Utley, mm. like a really really good player, a player that you are in your team, but just not quite um, Hall of Fame. Which that's sucks. very
0: fair. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he doesn't have the longevity. Yeah. Um, which I think kills him. I think his peak is definitely good enough. Um, His defense is maybe among the best ever at second base, which is really nice. I think the fact that he won both a Rookie of the Year and an MVP award makes this discussion a whole hell of a lot more interesting than it would be if he hadn't captured at least that MVP. That's fair. Um... I personally put him this past year as my number one uh, Red Sox second baseman of all time, ahead of Bobby Doerr. Um, that was a close call for me. And what it came down to was defense and peak. I just think Pedroya offered a little bit more at his very best. I kind of lean towards Pedroya sneaking into the Hall of Fame someday. Cool.
1: I, I would love to see it. <laughs>
0: yeah. I mean... <sighs> I really don't know. The the one advantage I think he might get is that second base is a weaker position historically. Mm -hmm. So when you measure by jaws, um, that Hall of Fame measuring system, um, he is not quite as far off the pace at at second base as he might be at a different position. So um, a little bit of a chance, but I think that there's more chance that you are correct about this. I'm just, I'm like clinging to the... (laughs) <laughs> the PD mvp and hoping that that gets them through
1: yeah i hope so too all
0: right so um let's talk some free agency before we get into some of the possible options for the red Sox, uh there were six players extended qualifying offers um the qualifying offer for this year we mentioned it last time in the podcast but we'll mention it again 18.9 million for the year and the players who were offered it were Trevor Bauer, uh, JT Real Muto, George Springer, DJ LeMahieu, who we all thought would be offered it. And then two pitchers who the Red Sox were probably going to be interested in, or at least we speculated they would be. Uh, Marcus Stroman and Kevin Gosman were both offered the qualifying offer. I was surprised that both were offered that. Were you surprised at all?
1: Um, I was... Surprised on Gossman, but not Stroman. Mm-hmm. uh Basically, because the, I think the Mets feel like they were competitive, Um yep. and like their biggest hole is starting pitching. So I kind of got that one more. The Gossman one like totally shocked me, just because eighteen point uh, nine per for Gossman just seemed like crazy. And honestly, he's gonna be stupid not to take that. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, that one shocked me. I mean, maybe the Giants are going to maybe try to flip him at the deadline. I don't know because I don't really feel that they're that competitive. But uh, uh, good for Kevin. That's, that's, a, that's a nice uh, chunk of change for a year.
0: It's a hell of a reward for his uh, bounce-back season. That's yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, if I'm Kevin Gosman or if I'm Marcus Stroman, I am taking that qualifying offer. Oh, for sure i don't think stro uh coming off an injury gets anything close to that if he signs a multi-year deal um and if i'm stro and if and if we know stro's personality dude's probably betting on himself yeah <laughs> um but yeah I, I agree with you on gosman um I think that's probably what the Giants are thinking. That's what I thought the Giants might be thinking is that, hey, he was really good for us. We can flip him at the deadline to get some prospects. And also their payroll is like not very large right now, uh, considering they haven't been fielding competitive teams for the last couple of years. Um, So, you know, that that makes a little bit more sense to me. But that takes a couple options right off the table for the Red Sox. Do you see the Red Sox going in and risking losing, or you know, losing that second-round pick that they have and substantial money um, to sign any of these six players?
1: Um, I I I don't think so, Um, because I I don't think that Bowers would really sign um, in Boston. Um, and then I just don't think anyone else really would either, or they just don't really fit to, especially with that, um, that draft pick.
0: Are there any of these players who you, even if the Red Sox were interested that you want them to stay away from?
1: Uh, bu- 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 um, uh, I guess I would say real Muto and George Springer.
0: Oh, interesting. Yeah. So I'm with you on Real Muto. I would stay away from him because I'm worried that the offense will slip, and you'll be paying a ton of money for a defense-first guy. Mm-hmm. But why Springer?
1: Um, I don't know I, because I I think that he is going to get a little bit. He he'll he's going to get more money than maybe some of the other free agents that I like that could possibly uh, play in the outfield. Um, and I don't really want to, um, excuse me, um, I don't want to uh, block uh, Jiren Duran. And mm-hmm. if we sign Springer, then Duran's either having to move over to left or right. And he's already trying to learn center after playing second. So that's a lot of, that's a lot of moving for for a, a young player. So that's why.
0: All right, so this is a totally selfishly motivated move just about what's best for your boy, Jaron Duran.
1: I, I don't see anything wrong with that.
0: <laughs> I respect the love of, of <laughs> Jaron Duran. You have really stuck by him through through thick and thin. So uh, you're definitely the Jaron Duran stan at, uh, at, at over the monster right now, and, and I kind of love it. I think Matt's challenging you a little bit for that, but <laughs> I think you had it first, so... You know, uh, I'll I'll give you the the, the nod there.
1: Oh, yeah, I yeah the the last year what I I was kind of I was like well maybe I got this wrong but uh, seeing those 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 that new swing and the and the jacks that he was hitting so yeah it was great.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm fully uh, back on the train. I I saw some some of the ugliness up at Portland uh, and I got I got pretty concerned but now I'm back. Nice. Um, so I agree with you I don't think that the Red Sox will sign any of those players, I don't think they want to risk the pick I agree with you that Bauer is probably going to go elsewhere, Um, I do think that if the Red Sox offered him more money than anyone else that he would come to the Red Sox just because uh, I think that that is the chief motivation for Bauer is money, (laughs) he's been pretty transparent about that Um, but I kind of think that the other players don't super fit the Red Sox uh, timeline, or they're probably just not good enough to do that. So I wouldn't do it with Stroh or Gosman, and I don't think LeMahey, RealMuto, or Springer fit the timeline.
1: Yep. Agreed.
0: Um, Free agency options. So Shelly put together this awesome list of hitters and pitchers. Uh, that the Red Sox could be interested in, and then I added a few to it. So we're going to go through a bunch of these uh, and talk about them. So the first one I want to talk about is Colton Wong, who MLB Trade Rumors, uh, every year uh, they release this awesome list of their top 50 free agents and they make predictions about where they were going to go. They predict that the Red Sox will sign Colton Wong to a two-year $16 million deal. I love the hell out of this because as soon as Colton Wong was stupidly not picked up uh, by the Cardinals, uh, I went to Twitter immediately and was like, Red Sox, please. Uh, Shelly, do you think that, A, this would be a good fit and that the Red Sox should go out and get Mr. Wong for a couple of years in 16 mil?
1: It would be an absolute perfect fit and I would love it and they should totally do it. Like, I have been a Colton Wong fan um, I mean I mean ever since he was came up with the the Cardinals like his defense is elite like it is really really good and he's not that bad of a hitter nope. I yeah I, I I love the dude so when it, when I saw that come come down through Twitter I was just like oh my goodness yes because we would uh, a second baseman would just be perfect and I just really would love to see him pick it uh, I you know, every single game. So I would be fully on board for this.
0: Yeah, and it would end that revolving door that we've had at second base since Pedroya. And what would be more fitting in the year that Pedroya finally steps away from the game than to replace him with an elite defender in that mold of Dustin Pedroya?
1: Oh, it would be perfect.
0: It really would. I, you know, it's it's one of the most underrated things. And um, I know you're a big fan of defense and... You know, aesthetically, the game has kind of taken away from us over the last couple of years, those really elite second basemen, um, because it's been one of those positions that with the shift, there's a little bit less, um, you know, motivation by the teams to, to get somebody really elite there. But man, watching somebody pick it at second base and, and make plays deep in the hole and, you know, get up and throw the ball. it It's just really nice.
1: It really is.
0: The other player, uh, or next player, I should say, is a player that the Nationals uh, just decided not to uh, bring back, Adam Eaton, uh, recent world champion. Um, Eaton's an interesting guy, Shelley. He has been playing mostly in the corners, but played some center. Is this a player who could potentially be a good fit for the Red Sox?
1: Um, I think so, but it kind of would depend um, if um, honestly if um, Benintendi leaves Uh, Mm. because I I, I've seen Adam Eaton um, play center and it's okay Uh, it's not the greatest but I do think that he would fit in a corner well Um, so uh, and I do think that he could definitely play the wall like really well so I think it would this this signing would you know hinder on uh, Benintendi being traded
0: yeah, I kind of think so too. I don't really want him in center field full time. I'd feel much more comfortable with him in left field. Um, the concern I would have, I guess, is that Adam Eaton's a pretty light hitting guy. And um, in that case, your outfield wouldn't have a lot of power uh, just because. It would basically consist of Eaton, somebody in center field, probably who's not going to be a power hitter, and then Verdugo in right field, so Verdugo would be like your de facto power guy, um, which is not exactly what you want. Eaton did have a down year last year, batted .226. Uh, he typically bats somewhere around two eighty to three hundred, so that was a tad low for him, but nothing stood out in terms of his strikeout rate or his walk rate. It was slightly elevated, but... You know, nothing crazy. I kind of think a bounce back could happen. Um, it's interesting, to say the least, but I don't know that it's somebody who I'm um, totally bought in on right That's now. fair, yeah. Yeah. Um, who, whose dulcet tones are we hearing in the background? Is that, uh, is that Soto or is that uh, Orsillo?
1: That's Orsillo.
0: Oh, nice. So if the, if the listeners out there... Want to check check those two out? Uh, follow Shelly on Twitter, and you will see two of the cutest Frenchies you've <laughs> ever seen. Um, but I dig the costumes. The uh, the Batman and Robin was pretty perfect. Yes, for those two. Uh, moving on to our next player, Mitch Moreland, uh, first baseman, and more importantly, a potential left-handed bat platoon option for uh, Bobby Dalbec next year. Um, Would you be interested in bringing back Mr. Moreland?
1: Um, I I, I would. Um, uh, I I do think that uh, Dahlbeck should kind of be... uh, see more of the ABs, um, but I'm still not entirely convinced that he's just not another Michael Chavis kind of guy. (laughs) So I I, I, um, I hope Keaton is not going to listen to this, but I am not a Chavis person. Um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> you and me both.
1: Yeah, I, I've, I've kind of, uh, I've, I've seen enough. Um, and I just, uh, I mean, Mitch Bullen, um, He I mean, he had a great year. Um, and you could just, you know, just have him um, just, you know, playing as a backup. He's a good team guy. Um, I would love to see him back on the team.
0: Yeah, I would too. Um, I was a little bit surprised that uh, the Padres didn't decide to bring him back, uh, but I was kind of happy because I was scouring the left-handed first base market for a platoon partner with Dahlbeck earlier, and here's some of the names I came up with. Let me know if any of these interest you. Uh, Matt Adams, uh, Jake Lamb, Logan Morrison, Daniel Murphy, Eric Thames, um, Tommy Listella, Uh and I kind of put an asterisk next to Listella because I think he's more likely to... Assigned somewhere to be a full time second baseman. Um. I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another
1: stomp you out
0: speech, it opened so, up so
1: many you know, more doors. The show
0: is called The, the Deal. deal. Listen to the deal. Listen to the deal on Spotify.
1: Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino that's right chumbacasino.com has over a hundred casino style games join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details
0: i kind of liked Morlin better than all those guys what are your thoughts on that group
1: uh yeah um Moreland would definitely be my first choice out of all those guys
0: yeah right because he's got the defense he's got the leadership he actually played well last year unlike any of those players except for listella um and he'd probably cost a fraction of what listella would cost yep and i don't see listella signing on for that type of role
1: yeah i don't i don't see that either he's definitely gonna want full time or close to it
0: yeah and, and he should of course He definitely deserves that Next player, Jackie Bradley Jr. Um, we've talked a lot about JBJ. Um, were you on team JBJ? Would come back, or have you had the feeling overall that he is probably likely to move on?
1: Um, I was. I was on team probably going to move on. As much as I really wanted him to to to, to sign back with the team. Um, I, I I feel that um, he either wants either more years or or just not having someone right behind him kind of thing. Um, hmm. So uh, I'm afraid that he's pro- you know probably going to move on.
0: Yeah, I've been super torn on this. Um, I don't really know what the Red Sox should do. Uh, MLB trade rumors predicted that JBJ would sign with the Astros for two years in $16 million. Uh, The thing that would be attractive about that to JBJ is obviously playing for a contending team, but also playing in an outfield where he has more room to actually work. Um, I think he has been encumbered probably in terms of how his defensive metrics are viewed by uh, being in a smaller center field in Boston. Um, And I wonder if that enough would be would get him out of there, but I, if if he would take a deal here with the Red Sox for two years and 16 million dollars, I would be really happy if the Red Sox re signed him.
1: Same, uh, I, I definitely agree. And if this does happen, like two years 16 to, uh, uh, I guess like the Astros or anyone else, it's um, probably because, um, the the Red Sox just didn't really want to to give him maybe two years and that much, which would be kind of sad.
0: Yeah, it seems like the way that we've been talking about the position, it seems like the Red Sox, we think the Red Sox are leaning more towards like a one-year commitment. I think you could argue that two years would be just fine, um, even for Jaron Duran. So yeah. if, if you anticipate Jaron Duran playing in the minor leagues, for most of next year in AAA and refining his game and then getting a cup of coffee towards the end of the year and then maybe he plays the role of fourth outfielder for 2022 before taking over the position full time in 2023. I think I'd be fine with that.
1: Yeah, I would. And you know, if I get two more years of watching JBJ in center, I sign me up.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's pretty worth it for sure, especially with the soft center field market. Yep. Um, next player I wanted to talk about Marcel Ozuna uh, I've been very vocal about the Red Sox uh, Having t- Should target this guy um, We did our predictions And I predicted that he would sign um, MLB Trade Rumors uh, Let out their, uh, their Their signings as well And they predicted four years In 72 million To Ozuna to the Nationals So not signing with the Red Sox But the thing that stood out to me here was that the market for Ozuna seems like it's going to be way smaller than I thought it was going to be uh, in terms of the money owed to him. Uh, Ozuna was 29 this year, had an amazing year, doesn't play good defense, so he'd have to be in left field and eventually transition to DH. I guess I'm surprised that he's being viewed so differently than George Springer. They're predicting... Over a hundred million in like five years for George Springer, which is kind of what I thought Ozuna would get. Are you surprised that the projections for Ozuna have been like four and seventy based on his production?
1: Um. Yeah. Um. Especially hearing that. Um. That Springer number. Um. Because when when we were first talking about this, the four and seventy-two, I was like, oh, well, then JB uh, uh, Springer will probably get maybe another year and maybe. 80 or 90 something like that maybe just uh uh, maybe just one more year than ozuna uh just you know based on defense um but yeah i mean that's really shocking like i definitely thought that he would get more money than that
0: yeah me too um yeah so the projection is 5 and 125 for springer and 4 and 72 for ozuna if Ozuna in, in f- FanGraphs has this projection too, they're they're right around the same four and seventy, and they do a great job with their projections. So clearly, I I really misjudged his market when I was thinking that he would get that. But I think it would be a shame for the Red Sox not to be in on Ozuna at four and seventy, um, because I would think this is what my ideal thing for them to do is: they would ship off Benintendi to get some pitching. Play Ozuna in left field for two years until J.D. Martinez's contract expires or you trade J.D. Martinez, at which point you switch Ozuna to center and put Jared Duran in that position. I would also want uh, them to re-sign J.B.J. In, in that scenario. So you'd have J.B.J., Ozuna, Verdugo for your outfield with J.D. at DH, until Duran is ready, and then that swap happens when JD gets out of town
1: yeah um i I would love that um and if it's four and seventy two um i I would love to you have the Red Sox just being in on on that because that would be an amazing outfield.
0: I think it could work too because Ozuna is not good, but he's also not. You know, it's not like we're putting uh, Hanley Ramirez in left field if he goes out there. He can play the position. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't have a great arm since he had the shoulder surgery, but left field at Fenway, you don't really need a great arm. Um, the other factor here is is just that can you imagine what the offense would be like if JD can return to form and they have Ozuna in this
1: lineup? Oh I my mean, goodness. It would be... So much fun.
0: <laughs> that would be nice. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Moving on to the pitchers. Uh, really interesting group that you compiled here, Shelly. Um, Charlie Morton, a guy who might retire. That is an interesting one. Do you th- first of all, do you think he's going to retire?
1: Well, if you would have asked me this yesterday, I would have said yes. But I saw on Twitter today um, that he still wants to pitch like one more year. Interesting. Yeah, it shocked me. So, um, yeah, I mean, if he still wants to, to pitch, I would love to have him as a starter.
0: It seems like that could be an interesting option for the Red Sox, too, because presumably he'd want a one-year deal.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: So what's a fair deal for Charlie Morton for one year, do you think?
1: Um, I would give him, what, 1-12, and 1-15 between there.
0: One and twelve, one and fifteen. Yeah, that actually sounds pretty good. I I think I'd feel comfortable doing that for him. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, let me see if he has a projection, Morton. Um. Yeah, he has a actually. Uh, MLB trade rumors projects him for a one year eight million bucks. Oh. Wow. Uh, kind of surprised that's so low. But he did have a rough start to the year. He was much better later on in the year, though. Yeah. So. Um, it would be interesting. If, if he's healthy, that could be a potential really, really good signing. Like, propel the Red Sox to the playoffs yeah, type signing. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, interesting. Uh, next guy on your list, Corey Kluber. Uh, the His $18 million option was declined by the Texas Rangers. Dealt with a lot of injury issues over the last few years. Do you think there's enough meat on the bone here for the Red Sox to look into Kluber?
1: Um, I think, I, I think so. Um, I definitely think that he would get less than Morton. And if he kind of wants to do like a one year, let me show everyone that I'm healthy. So maybe I could get another one year deal or two year deal. Um, I think the Red Sox would be a really, really good, like pillow contract kind of thing. Um, because yeah, he does need to, to show that he is healthy and can stay healthy. Um, i saw that he is about to start throwing um so that that's good because he had um shoulder surgery um but i think it would be a good you know seven to eight million for a, a for a year of a let me show everyone that i'm healthy
0: yeah it's a really interesting uh, guy because kluber when healthy is among the best pitchers in all of baseball and Before he got hurt, his stuff was still really good. He had had kind of an off year the last year that he was healthy. Um, Slider wasn't quite as good. Fastball was getting hit a little bit. But, man, if he can return to any semblance of form, uh, I mean, that's super interesting. Um, MLB Trade Rumors actually has him on a one-year $12 million deal to the Twins. So they have him signing for more than Morton, which is... Very surprising to me. Yeah. I guess that maybe speaks to a little bit of the quality of pitcher that Kluber can be at his height. Because as good as Morton can be, he doesn't touch Kluber when he's
1: right. Right. Correct.
0: Yeah. Um, I, given the choice between those two, though, I feel like I would lean Morton.
1: Same. I would. Um, because I, I, I've seen uh, Morton healthier more recently, and just someone coming off a shoulder injury. I mean, you never know what you're going to get from there.
0: Yeah, and, and, and to play devil's advocate with our own selves here for a second, though, for a Red Sox team that has so many question marks headed into next year, like, maybe the move is to go with the high-risk, high-reward guy in Kluber.
1: Hmm.
0: That's you know, just thinking... If you're not expecting to really contend and you're not worried about the safe play here, the ceiling probably is higher. Yeah. For Kluber.
1: Yeah, you're right. Um, I still rather have Borden. As much as I love Kluber, like when he was on, like he was like my one of my favorite pitchers to watch.
0: Yeah, he he was nasty. Speaking of nasty pitchers who are one of our favorite to watch uh, John Lester is a free agent again After spending $40,000 on beer in Chicago uh, (laughs) Reportedly before he left Um, That is pretty cool Good for you, John Um, He's being predicted to sign a one-year $5 million deal If that one-year $5 million deal was signed in Boston Would you be happy?
1: Um, Yes, I would um, I I know that he is definitely not like he was a couple years ago, and definitely not like he was when he was last with the Red Sox. But unfortunately, I I think that the Red Sox like did him a a a bad one, like don't, like mm-hmm. he they yeah. But I I just would love to see him back in a Red Sox uniform. Um, yeah, and I don't think it's going to take a lot of money either. Um, so maybe this is more of my heart speaking than my head speaking here
0: (laughs) yeah i think it'd be a really cool story um, to have lester come back to boston for maybe his last year or potentially even two years of his career however long that lasts um he's been open to it when people have asked him about it um and i think that there is something in there with lester he had a pretty bad year this year um but You know, he's not that far removed from from some decent seasons. The strikeout stuff isn't there, but he still knows how to pitch. He still stays healthy. He's okay at limiting hard contact these days. He could at least do what Martin Perez did, I think. Yeah. And with more upside, I think it's fair to say. I agree. Yeah. All right, next pitcher on our board. This one I really like the idea of. J.A. Happ, um, lefty uh, for the Yankees. The Yankees just declined his option. It was like a 17 or $18 million option for Happ. Uh, I like this partially because Happ comes in and just murders the Red Sox every time he uh, pitches against them. And the idea of having him pitch uh, for the Red Sox is pretty solid. Um, and the Red Sox, as currently constituted, Look like with the uncertainty of Erod and with Sale not coming back till middle of the year, they don't really have a lefty.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, when I was going through like all of these options, uh, when I saw uh, J-Hab's name, I was like, oh yes, that would be a really good signing. We could probably get him, maybe like on a two-year deal or something like that. I think it'd be like really, uh, a really, really good signing.
0: Yeah, I'm trying to look up what he's projected for. Um, MLB Trade Rumors has him for one year, $6 bucks.
1: Yes, please.
0: Yeah, I'd be all over that. Yeah. So he's 38 years old. Um, he had a 3.49 ERA this year. Um, you know, a few things not so great, but still 60 65th percentile hard hit rate, 75th percentile barrel rate. Dude knows how to pitch. I'm fine with an old like this.
1: Uh, oh, definitely.
0: All right, next player on our list. Um, we have a couple relievers and then one more starter to round out the show, uh, or this part of the show. Um, Brad Hand, who was declined a 10 million dollar option, declined after coming off a really good year uh, with the Indians as their closer. I was mildly surprised the Red Sox didn't put a claim in here. Con- considering their waiver position.
1: Uh which yeah. Was fourth. I I I was too. Um, I I I I mean, I mean I talked with Keaton um, at, at every new series and basically we just like, just complained about the reliever, the the relievers because they were awful. Yeah.
0: And
1: I I I, I didn't think that the 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 money to, to pick up hand was like too horrible um so i was very surprised that they didn't put in a waiver claim or anything um but maybe they can make a signing because while he had while Brad Hand has kind of like diminished just a little bit from what he was like a couple years ago he's still a really really good reliever and we could use some
0: yeah, we sure could. And um, the projection for him is, is two years, $14 million, um, $7 million per. I'd be totally cool with giving that type of deal to hand. And, and I actually think that the Red Sox have a really good opportunity in this market um, with their newfound financial flexibility and the market being as down as it is to completely rebuild their bullpen completely mm-hmm. with really quality guys
1: yeah because there was there was quite a few um like relievers that were free agents i just kind of like ran out of room but i picked like two interesting ones but uh yeah i really think that and they really do need to like remake their bullpen because it was so bad
0: yeah in in fact uh looking at the list on trade rumors right now Brad Hand, Trevor Rosenthal, Trevor May, who I know you really like, Blake Trinan, who I really like. All four of those guys, they're predicting for two-year, $14 million deals.
1: Yeah. Any, any of those guys, I would love. Maybe even two.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Why not, right? At, at that price, like, why not? Exactly. Um, I'd, I'd be fine with that. But the other thing is, like, O'Day getting uh, released when his salary was really small. It was, like, under $3 million. Um, That not being picked up, I mean, he's available. There's just so many options here for the Red Sox. And another one that you put on this list that I would be a little pissed if the Red Sox don't sign is Sergio Romo, Mr. Good Vibes. Um, he needs to be on this team next year.
1: Yes. Yes, he does. And um uh, he's just he's so much fun to watch he's a good team guy I, I that, that slider is just nasty it's I, it's yes I I really 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 want the Red Sox to sign him
0: yeah and like for a young team trying to build an identity here and kind of rebound from some crap that happened the positivity that he brings hearing, Sergio Romo on interviews over the years he's been one of my favorite guys and like you said that slider and and he had a really good year his numbers actually don't bear that out at the end his his era is a bit inflated but that really came towards the end of the season for the majority of the season this year he was an elite reliever at the top of his game mm-hmm. that would be a deal yeah final person I want to talk about is Andrew Discofani, as uh, Shelly calls him, Tony Disco, uh, one of the better nicknames. Um, he is projected to sign with the Red Sox as a starting pitcher for one year and $4 million bucks. I know this has been a player that you've liked in the past, Shelly. Why do you like Discofani, and is this a good idea for the Red Sox?
1: Um, I, I I really do. I think it's a great um, idea for the Red Sox. Uh I mean, if you look at uh, Fani's numbers, while they don't necessarily like jump off the page, like if you watch him, like he's a really, really good pitcher, um, a good number four, number five guy. Um, I'm kind of surprised that that they actually projected him to the to the Red Sox because um, I I. I while I want him to sign with the Red Sox, I do think that the Reds probably would want to pick him up or maybe even the, the Blue Jays or maybe another team where he could probably get more than four mil. Really? Wow. That's that's a very low number for Tony Disco.
0: Yeah, it really does seem like a, a low number for him. Um, the year was bad, but we've seen him be very good in the past. Yeah. So. Um, it seems like an interesting place for him to come and try and rebuild his value. Yeah. All right. Um, we are now going to get to some listener questions. Um, and our first one comes from Otis, who says, given the unexpected number of free agents, do you think the Red Sox can slash should spend their way to 92 wins in a possible wild card spot? So let's take the first part of that, uh, Shelly. Do you think the Red Sox should try and spend their way their way to 92 wins given the softness of this market
1: uh yes because they have a lot of money (laughs) so they should but um i don't know if they will i hope that they will but i think that they should um especially because manfred has said that he still wants to have the the um you know the extended playoffs um i don't know if that's Which I hate. Uh, Same. But, I mean, if there's, like, (laughs) another spot up for grabs, sure. Yeah, go for it.
0: Yeah. I have a feeling that Bloom is going to... Maybe I'm just being too optimistic. That's been my curse over the last, like, year and a half about this stupid team. I've been way (laughs) too optimistic. Um, Keaton's been making fun of me for it for a while now. But, yeah, I kind of just think Bloom is going to, like, pull... Uh, I don't know, like a Rembrandt here and just sh- make this beautiful roster construction and do it with, you know, these penny pinching deals and getting elite relievers under value and, you know, signing J.A. Happ and guys like that to short money contracts to come in and and actually perform. I just see them putting it all together in an offseason where there's just going to be so many damn opportunities for them to get players for less than they're actually worth. I don't see him passing up on that with the ability to now spend.
1: I I agree. And uh with uh, this team actually does, you know, spend money. So if they're seeing like a lot of good deals for great players, I think that I think that they will.
0: I mean, they could literally have I don't know what, like five of the seven bullpen spots be brand new players Yeah, and probably not spend that much money.
1: Agreed, yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, you got to do that when you have the opportunity because this just doesn't come around. And, like, I hate to be the guy that's, you know, thinking about how the Red Sox can benefit from a crappy labor situation in baseball, but, eh, you know, it's here. We didn't make it.
1: Uh, Yeah, exactly. (laughs)
0: May as well drink while the water's good, you know. Yep. Um, But I think that, I I guess I will say, I think they should, and I think they will. Cool. I hope you're right. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Uh, We have two questions from Angel Rondon, um, and he says, uh, how would you feel if the Red Sox picked up Marcus Simeon? His value is low, and he had an MVP-type season in 2019. He could help fill the hole at second, back up Devers and bogey with better defense. Uh, Do you like the idea of Marcus Simeon?
1: Uh yeah, I I have been a fan of his uh for a while. Um I I think I would rather go with uh, uh Colton Wong. Um but if if Simeon's available, sure. Uh because yeah, I, he could had him at second base would be like, really really awesome. Uh because I mean, he has like really, really improved his defense over at short. You just move that over to second. That's that's probably gonna work. Um, so I would be fine with it.
0: Yeah, I think I just am not optimistic that he will be able to be signed by the Red Sox yeah. um, to play second base because I think a he wants to play shortstop. I would guess because he's pretty damn good shortstop. And b I think that. Um, he's gonna get more money and this is a contract this is the one contract that fangraphs and um, mlb trade rumors were really torn on uh fangraphs had him signing a multi-year deal worth 30 plus million bucks and um they had him sign uh, mlb trade rumors had marcus Semien signing a one-year deal worth 14 million dollars wow which one of those two do you tend to lean more towards
1: um I lean more towards uh FanGraphs. I, d- I definitely think it's going to be a multi-year deal.
0: Yeah, so here's what FanGraphs has. Um Craig Edwards had 4 years, 64 million. Um CrowdSource had 3 years, 51 and the average CrowdSource was 3 years, a little over 3 years, 54. So and that is substantially different than 1 year 14.
1: Yeah, that's yeah.
0: Yeah, I guess the X factor here is like, our team's gonna just wait on shortstop till next year, when they have Lindor, Baez, Correa, Seager, and Story.
1: Oh, that's true.
0: <laughs> and potentially Bogarts if we don't like, you know, get off our butts and do something about this thing. Yeah. Ah, oh, man, that's a tricky situation. So, I just think he's gonna be too expensive for the Red Sox. I'd rather have Wong i'm with you
1: yeah uh yeah because i i really do think that he's really wants to play shortstop so
0: yeah next question from uh mr rondone here he says is d i'm gonna butcher the hell out of this name uh is dovidas Neverokis a bloom pickup he was placed on waivers by the pirates he's only 27 he's got a 95 mile an hour heater Great curveball, hasn't found much success in the majors. Uh, first of all, Shirley, had you heard of this guy before?
1: I have. I have. Uh, okay. Just because I saw the name on Fangrass, and I'm like, I need to know who this guy is. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, I, prior to seeing this question, I was like, oh yeah, it'd be a great signing. Uh, but Rob burr Dimple, who writes for The Athletic, Says that uh, uh, this guy's last name, who I'm not going to attempt, um, has mutual interest with a team in Asia. Hmm. So, either in Japan or KBO. So, he's probably going overseas, unfortunately.
0: The money is probably substantially better and the opportunity better for for him. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, I looked a little bit into his profile, too 70 grade fastball, uh, hard cutter curveball that's kind of slurvy uh seems like an interesting guy but uh he had a lot of the same issues that you see with the red Sox guys that have awesome stuff like the robinson layers uh great stuff but not a lot of command yeah um but interesting nonetheless stan says will the the Sox checkbook their way into the playoffs this upcoming season um (laughs) we both say yes yeah
1: yeah yeah
0: for now. that probably change in a week. <laughs> um, the Big Man says, any starting pitchers that are worth trading for? What do you think about this, Shelly?
1: Um, I, I think so. Uh, because, I mean, I, I that's why I think um, Benintendi is going to get moved for a starter. And we had a roundtable a couple weeks back. Um, and I had him going to Miami and then, like, Pablo Lopez coming back. And I would absolutely love that
0: yeah i would love that too um i don't know if it's going to be realistic um whether or not that can happen i hope it does because you know i love lopez as well um i kind of think this is a move that you save trading for a pitcher and and the reason why i say that is because the guy who you do it for, I, I think, all right, so both of us had them trading for a pitcher, right? We both had them. You had trading for Lopez. I have them trading for police sack. Did you have them using Benintendi
1: for that? Yes.
0: Yes. Okay, so we both are in agreement there. I think if they can do one of those moves, you do it. But if you can't get one of those young controllable arms, I think you are saving Benintendi for the right situation yeah um when you have more clarity on what your own pitchers can do what do you think about that
1: uh yeah i agree it's definitely has to be a a a young controllable uh starter um and then if not you know maybe uh see how your pitchers are doing and then also maybe benny can kind of do a little rehab as well and uh uh, make it a little bit easier to get um, one of those guys. Yeah,
0: gotta gotta rebuild some of that value. I always think about like trading for pitchers when your team, you know, what your team is, and it's just like on the cusp of taking that next step. Um, I think we're so unaccustomed to the idea of the Red Sox actually leveraging prospects to go out and and get that guy. The last time that happened was Chris Sale, um, yeah. and that just seems like a long time ago now, even though. It isn't that long ago. What was that? Twenty seventeen.
1: Yes, yes, right before eighteen. Yeah, yeah.
0: those were the days.
1: <laughs> I <think> they were. <laughs>
0: uh, Quinn Riley says, "Predict the rotation as a command." So he is he's commanding us to predict the rotation. Uh, do you have a five that you would predict?
1: Um, uh, I'll let you go first.
0: Okay, uh, I put together Iovaldi, Hauk, Pavetta, J. A. Hap. Drew Smiley. Ooh.
1: I, I like that. That sounds good. I'll go with yours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not terrible. Yeah.
0: Um, all right. Next question says, this is from Scott Nadell, the surfing guy. He says, John Lester for one in five. Yay or nay?
1: Uh, yay. Sure.
0: All right. Yeah. If Let's just say they don't get Hap or Smiley. That's right. not a bad consolation. Yeah. Classic movie buff. Says, who is available as a free agent starter or is it better to wait when more big arms are up for grabs next year? Um, I think he answered his own question, right? There's not really any big arms up this year other than Bauer. Um, But there are some up in 2022 when the Red Sox will have more clarity with their roster. Shelly, is that the year to spend on pitching?
1: Um, I I definitely think so. Um, Just kind of... Just kind of wait so you have at least some more, you know, big star options so you're not, you know, bidding against like three or four other teams and having the price be all jacked up.
0: Is that the, the time that the Red Sox get a high money three-year deal with Max Scherzer to close out his career?
1: Oh my goodness, I would be so happy.
0: <laughs> I think both of our brains would explode yes. with Scherzer on the Red Sox. Yes. <laughs> that would be Awesome. Um, final question from BJ Pavanka. He says, "Who should the Red Sox get for center field and starting pitcher, assuming they don't want to give up draft picks?" Um, so we covered off on the starting pitcher stuff. Did you have any center fielders? And he spe- specifies not JBJ. Mm. Who they should go after?
1: Um, I don't know. What, what do you think about maybe bringing back Kevin Pillar for like another one-year deal?
0: So that's interesting. Um, I named three guys, and Pilar was among the three that I named. The other two that I named were Malik Smith and Michael A. Taylor. Out of that group, I think I prefer Michael A. Taylor out of all three.
1: Hmm. That's fair. I mean, that defense is gonna be like, like really, really good. Um, and sometimes he can get get hot. So he's kind of like a like a mini JBJ. So I like it. Yeah.
0: That was kind of my thought, right? So, like, yeah, his bat's probably not going to be as good, but are any of those three guys going to have good
1: bats? Not particularly, no.
0: Right. So, Michael A. Taylor might be the cheapest out of those three, and the defense is sick. Yeah. I like Uh, your choice. Yeah. Well, that's it. Uh, That is our podcast. Um, We do hope you've enjoyed it. We... uh, Went a little bit long today, but we covered off on, like, about a million things. So, <laughs> I think props to us, Shelly. Yeah. Um, you can follow both Shelly and I on Twitter. You can follow me at Jake. You can follow Shelly at ShellyV underscore uh, 643. Before we get the people on out of here, Shelly, uh, you working on anything recently? You want to tout anything?
1: Um, No. I've been kind of quiet taking it, taking it kind of easy, but I should be... Working on a few things here soon, hopefully.
0: Right on. Well, you know, everybody out there should definitely be checking out all of the written work on overthemonster.com. Matt's doing some great stuff up there, like usual. Uh, Shelly and I, along with Keaton, have been contributing to the roundtables that happen every Friday. Uh, so definitely check those out and, uh, you know, follow follow this podcast if you haven't. Tell your friends about it. Uh, we will be coming to you as needed when news breaks and every single week during the off season. So thank you again for your listen. We really do appreciate you guys tuning into the show and being loyal listeners to us. And we will be with you next time.